When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish football periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles, and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Welcome to Monday's episode of the Terry Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler and I'm joined on this occasion by Sean McGuigan. Hello. And Joel Sked. Sitting on both your laps. Hello. <laughs> we're all sitting on both your laps. <laughs> we're all, we're all I'm a big guy. really huddled close to each other because I'm a fucking idiot. And this morning when I was taking my laptop to work and then taking uh, the laptop, hopefully taking the laptop then to the studio where we're recording, uh, and uh, I left it in Waitrose <clears> when I was uh, buying a pint of milk. So... Yeah, so apologies if the sound isn't as good as it usually is, but we're having to record it on my phone. If you'd left that in a Fife supermarket, you would never see it again. I think most of the supermarkets are in, but I think pretty much Waitrose is just about the only one that I'd get it back. Um, I used to go, it actually used to be my local Waitrose when I lived in the corner there. It's a very nice place. So, And I'm, I'm very thankful to the staff there for not just saying, who, who wants this laptop? <laughs> It's, uh, and it's also a good thing that you, ha- you maybe hadn't uh, had your keys nicked or lost a lot of cards in recent weeks either. No, I've definitely not done that either <laughs> as well, yeah. I've definitely not had to get a locksmith out to the house because uh, I was too f- afraid that somebody stole my keys out of the locker at the gym, which I think did happen. Uh, and I, I, also another time recently I was running and left my bag open and every single card I owned fell out of the bag. And really? I actually returned to the scene of the crime late at night with my phone and the torch on and I actually found one of the cards. <laughs> With all this in mind, I'm starting to suspect that you just lost your keys rather than the worst. <laughs> See, it's possible, but there was other things in that pocket that didn't fall out, like cards. They'd fallen out before, they surely would have fell out again. Uh, so the fact that the keys were the only thing missing made me think they were stolen. But I'm, I'm an idiot. I've fallen apart, really. It's just... But this I show, instead, instead of talking about the Scottish Cup, we're just talking about how my life is disintegrating around me. I think you need a, a fanny pack. I was going to bum bag. <laughs> please, please go on. I would love to see you wearing a funny puck. <laughs> and one of those uh, things that clip on your belt that just you can pull out for your keys. <laughs> like a janitor has. So hey, not are you a janitor, you are a 65-year-old British tourist in Benidorm. Hey, the, the Rock wore a fanny pack at one point. There's a foot all of them. Yeah, but it looks like an arsehole. <laughs> Correct, and so would I. Right, Scottish Cup, plenty to get through. Uh, so I'm glad that we've wasted two and a half minutes yep. of, of talking about uh, my forgetfulness. Right, so we'll start with the shocks. Because you don't get shocks. There's, no, there's been no 
Scottish Cup shock since 2012 Gone to daily record I thought it was Clyde Celtic No, yeah, 2000 and he said 2000 and uh, Sorry, 2000, yeah, sorry, 12 years ago Oh, yeah. uh, when Clyde beat Celtic uh, uh, he, he also mentioned was uh, Motherwell losing to Albion Rovers Who I believe were League 2 at the time uh, But it wasn't a shock It was just a good good result for Albion Rovers They deserve credit apparently Right so let's begin with Arguably the shock of the round Auchinleck beating Ayr 1-0 Fair play to Ayr United Who have managed to combine Their greatest season season in eons uh, with a worst ever result <laughs> which, which, which that takes quite some doing Yeah the first ever competitive game Between the sides Kind of a local Derby yeah. Kind of oh, Derby I call it a derby When they don't ever play each other, A regional derby Yes uh, And Air United Started off the better side uh, As they should uh, Had some chances Had a couple of penalty appeals as well Do we think they should have had Ian McCall came out afterwards and said anyone watching them back would uh, would see that they were both stonewallers, which was wrong. Uh, the first one, I thought, the handball, I thought was a penalty. So the, I thought that one was a penalty, I didn't think the second one was. No, I didn't I see where the fall was. Thought it was, he kicks the back of Craig Moore's heel, his left heel. I don't know if he t- t- kicks him, he's just, he's just behind Craig Moore. No, he definitely kicks him. It's, it's accidental. Did you think they're both penalties? Yeah, I would agree. It's yeah. It's hard to tell with the second one whether there is enough uh, of an impediment there for Craig Moore to go down, but there is definitely he definitely accidentally kicks like Moore raises his left heel up, and the defender's boot makes contact with like the sole of his foot. So it's not really sorry, it's not his heel, it's the sole of his foot. So it's it's hard to tell because you've seen it in like slow motion as well, where it looks so much worse than it than it maybe is. But so that one was a bit more debatable. I agree with the the penalty because he the sorry the handball. Because he sees it for a while and he leans into it. It's it's when you see often it's like and he's, he's, his arms down by his side, but, but he's, still he's moving bit. his body. But it's, it's like it's, it's like he's doing a kind of teapot, so he's, he's, yeah, his hand is slightly or his arm is just slightly out to his side. But then Ockham like gradually started to threaten the, the grew in confidence, and after they scored, he had done nothing. Was that game over? So is, it, is it Tommy slowing this? Talbot's manager The right? manager yeah. yeah He said Afterwards he that, that he knew That his team Couldn't go Toe to toe With United Which I agree with They didn't go toe to toe But at the same time It wasn't really just They had everybody Behind the ball And had a You know A couple of a couple of breaks I mean they had They put air under Bits of pressure Sporadically during the game Especially in the second half And they had uh, I mean they had, I mean it was It was rightfully uh, Disallowed But that was, that was a good finish For the goal That they had disallowed as well Air Without Lauren Shanklin that's now three games without a goal. <clears throat> they've, uh, they've barely played well since they beat Dundee United. I mean, it'd be hard to say that they were a one-man team, but they were also missing... So they were really missing Mark Kerr as well. They were missing... Don't think Jamie Adams played. They were missing uh, Jamie Adams. And the, the biggest difference this season from maybe last season was Craig Moore was the third-choice striker, but he still managed something like 28 goals last season. He's never really been the same. He got a... I think it was a... I think it was a head injury he had towards the end of last season, maybe. Uh, he struggled uh, since coming back for that, and he looks like a, a player that's just bereft of confidence. That that chance that he missed uh, in the second half kind of sums him up at the moment. He's never been he's never been somebody who does a lot of good work outside the area, but he does a lot of good work inside the area. He's kind of a poacher, but he seems to have uh, he seems to have lost that element in his game as well. That was their, um, from what I can recall, their only kind of really good chance. Neither, neither keeper <coughs> uh, really. Ash had. Um, Anything to do Decent chances Were created I think Hislop uh, He had the great header uh, Headed chance He looks like a weird player um, Like someone If it was professional be like, nah, Not having that But yeah He kind of sque- uh, skewed his head Or wide But I think They just um, Like With that With their setup With their, their experience they've, they've played Things it's, it's not as if They don't play in big matches Because they, they the junior, especially in Ayrshire, is, is, is huge and they've been to uh, Junior Cup finals um, in the late, uh, latter stages as well. So they, they've they've played in front of bigger crowds, they've played in big games, so I don't think it was a massive... Um, like, the occasion wasn't a massive shock. The, uh, the result maybe it's, itself was. OK, let's move on to another shock. Not a, not a, not a defeat for a, for a big team, but certainly an embarrassing result. Aberdeen won, bottom of League One, Stenhouse Muir won. I, I did not think that Stennis Muir had anything like that within them. I mean, after... So he played Wraith Rovers two weeks ago. It was 5-1. Could have been 8 or 9. 
Then they played Arbroath a week after. It was 4-1. That could have been 8 or 9. And then to go up to Pitotri and look pretty good at the back and come away with 1-0 is just remarkable. It's, um, I mean, it could be looked at as a positive for Aberdeen's like 20 years on. They've got a step closer to knocking Stennis Muir out of the Scottish Cup. <laughs> I love the, it's a good, good equalising goal as well. Good, really yeah, good I think that's been my favourite goal off the, the Scottish Cup weekend. Well, you got to love a diving header. Yeah. Uh, Rory Donaldson with a cross as well. Not only was it a superb cross, but then he turned round uh, right to the Aberdeen yeah. fans and shushes them. And uh, I think maybe doesn't get it up yet as well. There was a lot Brilliant. of that, there was a lot of that going on um, between players. Of opposition teams and um, from, from players to fans, because I saw at the end of the Auckland uh, Talbot game, uh, one of the subs I think turned round and gestured to the uh, like, kind of fist pumping towards the air fans and just starts uh, beating his Auckland uh, Talbot badge. It's because the highlights are so brief. It's kind of hard to build a particularly good picture of the game. And from the highlights, Aberdeen didn't look like they were that bad, but I think. Uh, in terms of reading about the game It looks like the highlights Pretty much contained Every single attack yeah. they had Yeah uh, For what I read Gary McKay, Stephen and Niall McGinn Were really poor on the wings And when you're playing a team That's going to obviously Put a lot of men behind the ball You kind of need quality from wide areas Because if the The away team know what they're doing And it seems like Stennis we did Then you need to stay compact And if you're not getting good deliveries in And your wide players aren't You know playing at all Not, not beating men Not getting good balls in then it is going to make things harder. You should still be able to score. You're a Premier League team playing a team that will very likely be playing in League 2 next season, the way things are currently standing. But if those guys aren't at the races, <clears throat> it does play a factor. Greg Stewart came in for his debut at number 10 spot, which does bode well. What doesn't bode well is that when the two struggled <laughs> out wide, Derek McInnes thought, ah, yes, finally I can put Greg back on the <laughs> wing again. <laughs> Sorry, Greg, I was lying to you when he said you'd be playing through the middle and that's why maybe the reason why he came back. I'm going to use you like I used to use you, which was uh, a winger slash auxiliary fullback. If, if, if McInnes has learned anything, <clears throat> clearly he's not learned anything because of what he did, but looking at uh, Kilmarnock, because when you play Greg shoot in the middle, you get him on the ball as much as possible, get him involved as much as possible because his... Um, I don't, don't want to question his attitude, but I think he is more um, in tune to being involved at all, uh, at all times. I think if you do... For, for example, with Dundee, he did play wider, but um, he was kind of there. It was all focused on him being out wide. Mm-hmm. But if he played for, for Aberdeen out wide, there would be someone else uh, over on the other side, Stevie May through the middle. So it's you're not going to include them all the time, and then that that way he can kind of um, drift in and out of the game and maybe not get involved as much. <laughs> I think it was just telling you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> that was the phone falling down. Uh, all right, don't, don't do that again. <laughs> I don't think I did it for there. But from what from what I read, it's, there was a lot of other when other than when Aberdeen got a great shot on the ball, there was just a lot of passing from side to side. There was like there was too much passing. Even though when you looked at the the, the starting lineup for Aberdeen, it was perhaps the strongest they could have picked. Yeah. Um, Try to remember the team. Cosgrove, Shinny, and Ferguson were middle. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Low was back, scored. Yep. But yeah, pretty poor. I mean, you can you'd still obviously imagine them to, to go through eventually. But yeah, terrific result for Stenismere. Wee bit, not the biggest paydays. Yeah, Aberdeen midweek, but there'll be a few Dons. Dons fans travel as well, so wee bit of money for their home game. Obviously away to Aberdeen as well. So and I suppose you never know at home and that. Um, you know, plastic pitch midweek. Could happen. And Probably not. as Craig no, Telfer pointed out on Twitter, uh, Derek McInnes will be leading his side out to Stone Cold Steve Austin's steam tune. That's undeniably true. <laughs> but it's what's going to happen. Right, next match. Motherwell 1, Ross County 2. The team top of the championship defeating the team whose fan base are growing increasingly disgruntled with Stephen Robinson and... Particularly in this case, because I think they realise now that their season, unless they actually get worse, their season's pretty much as good as over. Because they're not as bad as Dundee, Hamilton or St Mirren, CBB. And they're, they're kind of in this wee bit on their own. They're not as good as anybody else. They're not as bad as those three. And now they're out of the cup. But what have you got to look forward to? The football's not good to watch. They're, they're not quite in a purgatory. They're, they're somewhere else. A lot less boring. Uh, more boring 
Because I imagine purgatory has been, I mean, maybe not fun, but it would be interesting. Whereas wherever Motherwell are, it's completely not. Uh, Motherwell, possibly. Ah, there you go. If, uh, if the other three can get a G up from sign-ins, and they may get... I, I don't think they will, but I, I wouldn't say it was impossible that they could get something. Two of the there. three would have to... But yeah, it is possible. Which isn't impossible. Judging by what happened this weekend, I think it might be... <laughs> I think it might be impossible. Bear in mind, I mean, bear in mind Ross County recently have looked really, really poor, and they look yeah. significantly better than Motherwell, going by, by what I saw and, and, and what I read. Uh, Declan McManus looked like they had uh, gave done a, a, a kind of torrid afternoon and Brian Graham scoring a double against you that doesn't say too much for your defence as much as I quite like Brian Graham I, I may stick up for him more than most but yeah that doesn't augur well for your season ahead Motherwell it seems for what I've read seemed that they played a 4-2-3-1 with McCormack playing off of Danny Johnson he was subbed at half time, wasn't he? Yes, apparently he looked like some fan, descri- some, fan, yes, some fan described it as being the same the same weight as Chris Boyd, but about five inches shorter. <laughs> That's what <worrying. laughs> I thought, yeah. Uh, some other fan also described him as being 20% fit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first time I've heard anyone be described uh, less than 50% fit. <laughs> So he's maybe got like a 60-40 chance of making it or he's just 50-50, but I've never, never seen someone drop below 50%. Another problem with that formation, so he had Johnson up front. Johnson's a, a poacher, but playing up top by himself meant that he had to do things like hold up ball, link play, and he's not the most technical. I guess the, the players to do that, he doesn't really have much strength as well. So McCormack went off, and means he brought on Curtis Men, who's been in terrible form recently and he just continued that and him and Johnson while on paper he was thinking that would maybe work because Maine just occupies the minds of defenders so I think maybe last season's Maine would have been good him and Johnson together because Maine was just on an absolute tear but I think he's he struggles in front of goal probably affected his confidence and he's just not quite as much of a battering ram this year as he was so when I looked at the team lineup, I looked at it on uh, soccer away and it had it as a back three however they got a couple of the they had, um, they had Freer playing in the middle Of a back three? No, no in, in, the middle, <laughs> in the middle of the field So I just gathered they, they've just kind of got the players uh, muddled, muddled what I read, there was a four at the back So if, was Freer left back? Left midfield I Left think. midfield, so, so it would have been two, done so Two new guys, sorry, sorry it was Freer on the left and the new The new winger on the oh, right Oh yeah, for, uh, from Nottingham Frogs, yeah, yeah And then uh, sitting two of Turnbull and McHugh, McHugh. Yeah Hartley and uh, that was another thing yeah. as well Turnbull being so deep didn't really make much sense since he's been arguably Motherwell's most impressive attacking player this season and notice uh, Craig Aaron said that uh, Robinson came out afterwards and said they're not playing enough long balls well you know a, crack, a crackhead says they're not getting enough crack you know he's addicted to the long ball right let's move on another shock although probably not going to have as much to say about this one East 5-2 Morton 1 there's there's some way I think there's a difference between a cup shock and a cup surprise I'd fell this under a cup surprise rather than a shock aye ah, Aarok and Lech you would go <gasps> this was, you would go oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and even in Mallow Ross County you're like eh. yeah okay fair enough East found it some kind of analysis there just, <laughs> just making uh, making noises <laughs> can you sum up in a word no can you sum up in a sound <laughs> <laughs> The turnaround in the East 5 season is remarkable. Bear in mind, after four or five games, uh, hadn't won a league game. Every single East 5 fan you know, wanted Young uh, out of the job. They've now eliminated, let me get this right, Patrick Thistle and Queen of South from the Challenge Cup for the Championship. They've now beaten Morton from the Championship in the Scottish Cup. They are put, running rethrowers quite close for, for second place. And you now wouldn't say that it would be beyond the realms of possibility for East Fife to actually get promoted via the playoffs I mean that's how well they're doing judging by what I've read judging by what I've saw uh, I mean Morton spun the chance right at the death which was a, a bit of a sitter right enough but they looked like they were, they were worthy winners and, and as you say I wasn't I wasn't that surprised at the fact that they actually managed to beat Morton uh, Johansson is he's struggled to, to the start of his tenure I think Morton fans biggest gripe is that not only did they lose in the cup to East Fife they did so playing five at the back and were very cautious <laughs> about their hosts it seems Morton have they've had a couple of decent results under Johansson but they've also had a couple of hammerings and he seems to have kind of overreacted to those hammerings by really setting out his team to defend so not only again it kind of comes back to the Mullow problem this is always the case in football when you're 
when you're struggling, it helps when you're playing some sort of attacking football or some sort of football that looks decent on the eye. Fans will forgive a team playing agricultural, for lack of a better term, football, when there's results, because results you know, trump everything. But as soon as you start losing and if you suffer results like this, they just stick in your craw a little bit more because you're not even doing it in any such style. You're going to East Fife with fear and you're losing. I don't, th- I don't think I have a lot of options up front anyway, uh, which doesn't help matters. But if they can't bring in a forward, then they might have a fairly long into kind of second half of the season. Thank goodness for Ray McKinnon leaving and the whole snake business and the front of the uh, was it the Greenock Telegraph because Morton's season would have just been a nothingness. I think they hate McKinnon more now because McKinnon actually seems all right, and now they've got now they've got Johansson. So not only did they left them, they end up getting a worse manager. Uh, yes, it would certainly appear so. Right, this is so. Yeah, this is maybe. This is when we're verging from surprise into kind of, oh, I might have saw this coming. I think more, it was more the, the nature of the... What made the Rafe Rovers 3-0 from a no more surprising was the, the scoreline, whereas not rather than the actual result. I still I still didn't see that scoreline coming after, well, i say, 65 minutes. I mean, for the first it's hour... No, no. <laughs> no, but for the first hour, they felt like been the, the, the better team. Yeah, I mean, and I was uh, on the verge of leaving because I was there and, my God, was I cold... Uh, and bored and well, very bored, very bored. I it was only a, a half time where G- Jenna, I just, I was in the first half, I was falling asleep. Then went down. Uh, mate was getting a pie, so I'll go down and see if there's anything decent. Uh, don't really fancy a pie. And then I saw a sign for Stovies, and it's the most excited I've been in years. Fucking Stovies, get them down my throat. Uh, and the woman, when I went order them, she seemed to be delighted. I was, uh, I was, I was getting the Stovies, and they're nice. And it just got better <laughs> after that. Well, you come to the terrace for the analysis. He's mind that hips man that uh, said about me uh, mumbling and stumbling way through an unfunny story. There it is. There it fucking is. Wild and Firm were on top. They had what, from the initial camera angles, looked like they were denied by a great save from Robbie Thompson. However, when you see the camera mm. angle behind the goal, what an absolute sitter that is from I, I, I was behind the goal because I knew it was. Uh, I, I knew it was a bad miss. It was, it was a good save. It was a yeah, very good save, but but not a great one. There but. was a lot of goal to aim for, and for some reason, it wasn't until watching it back on the highlights that realised just how far back across Hippolyte tried yeah. to go. Yeah, yeah, he kind of curled it back. Towards the goalkeeper But it's unsurprising Because he's a Dublin <laughs> it, it must be really frustrating Because I must admit When when Hippolyte was getting Possession at one side And uh, El Bakhtawi on the other I was worried And to be honest They were making things happen now, You know They're pacey They could beat a man But as soon as they actually Got to the final third And actually had to produce something Whether it was a cross Or a, a shot They were failing miserably uh, With both The only other player I was Worried about from a defender point of view was Joe Thompson. I thought he was pretty good uh, in, in midfield. But I mean, I, I, the narrative about Dunfermline is that they, they lack a goal scorer. If they could find a goal scorer, they'd be absolutely fine. No, because at the back they're woeful as well. I mean, the three centre halves were all to blame for well, two of the goals. Yeah, two of the goals plus the, the setting off because Ashcroft kind of ducked. You know, the long ball for Davison, and he kind of ducked, let it go over him, and then he brought him down. At the time, I didn't know if it was a red card, but, but, but actually, it probably was. I, I don't think it was. No? I think the goalie's getting there before him. I hadn't noticed, I hadn't noticed in the game that I hadn't noticed a duck, so I haven't watched the highlights back. You imagine that Robinson shouted on it, but Robinson's position suggested he. He wasn't because it was it wasn't a it wasn't a a, a ball that had a lot of pace on it and then his he wasn't really on the front foot and it took him a while to get the ball. I it was it was a difficult one for him in terms of the the red card at the time. I did not think it was the more I watched the more I watched it. I mean watched it five or six times. It did seem to be uh, for me to be uh, to be a red card. Although there was there was one guy in front of me who was just. Um, Excitedly shouting just to anyone that would listen. <laughs> last man, he has to go. It was last man, he has to go. I just didn't have the energy to tell him that that's not what the rule is. Dunn and uh, then decided to do a wrestling move uh, on on Chris Duggan was a, an odd decision. Who had an RKO finishing move? Yeah, that's the one. I couldn't. Ah, I couldn't yeah, think that was. I, I described it as DDT, but RKO was probably right because he just grabbed him from mm-hmm. kind of. It goes in from behind, and DDT was from the front. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, that was very weird. And uh, Danny Devine as well. Um, 
I liked as uh, he was trying to claim at the goal, sorry, the red card that he was he was covering. That was complete pressure. <laughs> Watching that back in the replay, yeah. but I think I thought the goalie was getting there, but it, it was close. It is. I mean, the referee could have just said, "I fucking knew you were covering. You're shite as well." That's <laughs> that's <laughs> Play at Chris Duggan as well because I at half time I've been saying that I hadn't been that impressed by him but he uh, he kind of won the red card if that's an expression he crossed the ball in for uh, Lewis Vaughan's yeah. uh, diving header and he got brought down for a penalty he was involved in a, a lot of the good stuff that the Rovers I, produced I, I thought he had, a, he had a difficult task on his hand because he wasn't getting a lot of support in the first half there was a lot of rubbish um Ian Davidson was culpable for it uh, a lot of time. Just nothing balls, uh, long balls uh, forward. I thought Kel Benedictus did really well, um, and, and certainly in the first half. But some of, like just generally some of the football and decision making were just appalling. Decision making, including uh, throwing flares onto a plastic puck. Yeah. So the celebrations of the first goal was just it, it was all very unusual because you had. 3,200 celebrating people from Kirkcaldy that's unusual in itself to have so many people from Kirkcaldy in one place uh, uh, blue and white smoke swirling around your head and uh, the stench of burning 4G filling your nostrils <laughs> it's and quite an attack on the senses isn't it the, the timeline announcer was brilliant because he, he the game was uh, so this was kind of 5-10 minutes after the uh, the, uh, the, the smoke bombs had been uh, chucked on the pitch that he came on the timeline well the game is still going ahead um, just to say to the people who threw it on so, um, the pitch is uh, the pitch is burnt thank you very much <laughs> those passes are aggressive message <laughs> brilliant right let's move on to Dens Park Dundee 1 Queen of the South 1 uh, the wayside with the better team and Jim McIntyre wanted to focus on the positive sorry post-match interview that must have been brief well, he was saying that you know cup games are hard, so the most important thing is that we're still in the cup. He like, seems to be Jim. You're in a relegation battle, and you're signing new players, and they're not really improving your team. And you know, if you're playing on a lower league team at home, you want to kind of get a victory to kind of get confidence boost, and not have to play again in midweek when you're already toiling. Those those thirty seconds he was interviewed, well, the interview they showed of him on on sports scene. It's the most animated I've seen him in a because he's, he's usually quite dour and not dour, just uh, kind of placid, and he's. Uh, Kind of press conference, but he just—it's like someone had irked him by because he, he, he didn't—he didn't hear what they, what, he, what he'd been asked, and it was like ah, oh, there's positives from there. Do you do you but think that be? the do you think that the break uh, kind of works against the Premiership teams when they come? Back looks, yeah, I think so. That was the point I was going to make in the Hearts game that that, that first half where um, football seemed to just go to die. <laughs> there did just seem to be a, a rustiness about yeah. it, and I think you could see that throughout. Um, throughout uh, all Saturday's games as well if only the Cowboys Rangers game hadn't been off oh no I know could have had a, a proper shock um, no I don't think so either I would have liked to see that game go ahead it would have been crazy something if it was a shock when Jermaine Defoe and the Rangers team it's like this is the guy that's going to fire us the title but we can't even beat Count Beef that would have been quite funny if, would, only that, if only that car's exhaust had defrosted the, uh, the <laughs> I'd like to see the, go, uh, the game go ahead just with the car there. <laughs> just, just slowly creeping around the pitch for the entire game to play around it. <laughs> uh, Dun- just to go one more on Dundee, um, the big problem for this game was that their midfield was pretty diabolical. Uh, fans were <laughs> incandescent with the performances of Martin Woods, Paul McGowan, and Rory Deacon in particular. Jess, uh, Jesse Curran scored. But uh, I don't think many people thought his performance was that good either. Now, if your midfield can't get the better of Queen of the South, it's not really boding well for the rest of the season. They're rubbish. They're really, really bad. It's the thing as well, like, McIntyre seems really keen to sell Kamara, and you kind of understand why, because, you know, he's he's phoned it in this season. doesn't look like he wants to be there anymore. He's obviously been waiting on his move. Now he's got his moves. He's now going to be even more distracted. But somebody on one of the forums said, even a Kamara that doesn't give a shit still a better player than what we're seeing right now. It still goes back to me that McIntyre thinks the answer to getting out of the trouble is Martin Woods. It's one of the first, one of the first things he did. Well, yeah. other than try and bring Billy Dodds into the club, um, <laughs> Woods is probably the second worst bit of business he's done. He does love Martin Woods, doesn't he? He's just such a nothing player. Um, who looks like a footballer but just fuck off 
Celtic seems uh, harsh. <laughs> you just run out of words, eh? Run out of proper words. So just added a swear word. I'm shard. Celtic 3, Airdrie 0. Um, this was maybe another example of kind of Celtic in the first half. They didn't really play with that much pace. They still <clears> had their opportunities, obviously, missing the penalty. And uh, Sinclair's incredible miss at the back post. Uh, and obviously, they were still winning 1 0 at half time. But uh, yeah, maybe another example of a team not really kind of at their sharpest uh, after the break. Um, but obviously, it was always going to be fairly straightforward for Celtic, and it was in the end. And they were reliant on Scott Bain making seven saves in four seconds uh, to preserve their half time lead. First one's a really good save. Uh, the second one as well, the way he reacts to it, uh, it's really impressive. I think Ralston helps him at one point, but um, every single one of them, I mean, why Erdre couldn't direct it a different angle and straight in the point by Bain's body? But I think no. the angle that I think was wrong right at him. Yeah. He's like, shoot anywhere else. Just panic. Did anybody else think there was something wrong with their television when they watched the aftermath of a Celtic goal? It was, I think it was at the. I thought something was wrong with television. It was only seen the second goal because they put on the disco yes. lights. I thought something was wrong with the contrast on the telly. <laughs> and uh, they've not been doing that. I suppose they've not really had many. I think it was just because it was an evening match. Yeah. So they do that every evening match. Uh, maybe maybe just for everything. What was your second thought after the contrast on the TV or um, your, your sight because of your age? <laughs> John's old Come on pass Tony Ralston was Fairly impressive Is he making a bid For this right back spot As they're trying to sign Half of Europe It's, yeah, it's a strange one Ralston Because he was um, Who was he on loan at I don't know He wasn't very good He was guff uh, During the um, In the summer For Scotland At the Toulon tournament This was a player that 12 months previously Lee McCulloch Okay Caveat was Lou McCulloch was talking him up as being the next. Uh, it was the next right back for Scotland, but with, like um, he gave um, McCulloch gave a time period and it was really really like quick. So it was like in six months' time you'll see him being there. Uh, and uh, within that time, I think he ended up going to Dundee United on loan. I think uh, I think Dundee United fans would have had him back, but but nobody was raving about him. Mm-hmm. They thought he was solid and, and dependable, but no, they certainly didn't rave about him. I thought he's he's kind of most memorable moment for uh, in a Celtic jersey was going to be laughing at Neymar. And I honestly did not see him having a, Celt- uh, a future at Celtic. I mean, he's uh, he's done well to get back in. He's looked he's looked better than better than Lustig. He's he's certainly offered um, offered Celtic forward. Yeah, he's, he's got a bit of he's not the greatest footballer, but he's got a bit of energy Power, yeah. about him. He can, he can just barrel through people. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's um, I still can't see him being the next Scotland right back. Is there an argument for Bain to be the number one ahead of Gordon? Nah, no, nope. not for me. Nah, still think Gordon's a much a, a much better goalkeeper. I think what you get with Bane with his feet, perhaps with his feet, I don't think. Um, I still think Gordon offers you much more in all other aspects. I think he. I think he's better. I don't know if he's much better, and I do think Bane will be the reserve goalkeeper forever. Yeah, uh, but I, I don't know if there's quite as much in it as as you say. I just. Maybe he's good again. Maybe he's maybe his last eighteen months at Dundee he was pulling a Kamara and just kinda of didn't want to be there anymore or whatever. But I just it's hard to look at his performances over that time and think, yeah, you you'd be a good goalie for Celtic. I just think Gordon is still um still a bigger presence. He has is more capable of providing those match saving moments uh, than Bane is. And again, Bain and Ralston. It's it, again, it's good to see Scottish players uh, get their chances, uh, chance of Celtic, especially players they brought in from other clubs where you think oh, they're just going to be uh, like sitting on the bench and performing. But as a set, if I was a Celtic fan, I wouldn't be looking at them either of those and thinking they've got a future at Celtic that's going to help Celtic get onto the next level. Right, let's move on to St Johnston 2, Hamilton 0. Fairly routine win for St Johnston. Scored two goals early in the first half, so we won't really talk about the football, and instead we'll talk about Martin Cannon's dad. <laughs> because this has turned into quite something. Now, it was quite something anyway, and it's definitely going to go on our list. Uh, so at one point we'll be talking about this again. So what seems to have happened is, or, well, there's two versions of events. People at the game, this is where we first heard about the story, were saying that Martin Cannon's dad had approached a group of supporters who were giving his son abuse 
and had started shouting at them, and then he was ejected for the ground for this reason. Hamilton then appeared to have told the media when Roger Hanna kind of he he kind of tweeted out the story saying that it was despicable that Martin Hannon's dad was abused at the game, and you had a no. It's obviously two sides to every story, but you had this huge backlash for fans who were there, pretty much to a man saying this is not what happened. Nobody sought him out for abuse. We were complaining about his son being a bad manager. Uh, probably not in the nicest of terms, to be fair. Uh, Can't even get to fuck, I think. Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, some all those lines. I doubt they were acting like fans in Roy of the Rovers. They would have been using uh, industrial language. <laughs> what did the fans do in Roy of the Rovers? Well, they would. That's they kind would, of before my time. Ah, right. they, would, they would have a go at players, but uh, but not swear of us because it was a comic. So they say things like, come on, Roy, get the finger out. Okay. Yeah, I don't think they were saying that. No. So. They're insistent, and now they're all, they're not only unhappy with Canning, they're also really unhappy with our club that's kind of made out this hardy bunch of travelling supporters who have gone to, who forked out an extra, you know, 25 quid or whatever to, to go to Perth uh, on a freezing January, uh, sorry, a freezing Saturday in January, and now they're getting the finger of blame pointed to them and saying, this is a despicable act that you've done, and they're like, we didn't do anything. So this is, this is far more entertaining than what happened on the pitch. Although it's good to see Tony Watts score again. I would like to go for a pint with Martin Canning's dad and Stephen McLean's dad. <laughs> yeah, sounds like fun. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is <clears throat> just in, um, in terms of Canning, this isn't the first time he's been getting peppers from the Hamilton fans. You heard it on, even just on the brief clips uh, that they showed on Sports, and you could hear the Hamilton fans shouting at Canning, and they spent a lot of time at Tynecastle um, singing, singing his name. Players have been booed as well. It's not, uh, even though they're still third bottom, it's coming, it must be close to part of the ways because they, there's only so much you can take as as a fan. Whereas Hamilton are above their station, you'd say, in the, in the Premiership, Cannons done well to uh, just kind of keep them there. But it gets stale with fans, even if it's, uh, if, if it's a risk that they could uh, leave again. It needs to be freshened up, I think. Also as well, I think the fans really resent the fact that the board, although they've ever said it publicly, but it's kind of been, it's kind of well known that the board would back Cannon, and I've said in the past they'll back him even if the club's relegated, because they, they kind of really, they, 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 they prioritise stability, and yeah. they, they kind of fits into what they kind of want to do with the, the higher people from within, and then they you know leave, and then they maybe bring in somebody else, so it would really take something like you know what happened to Billy Reid's team where... Reed eventually went down and were, they were like bottom half of the table in the championship before he eventually left but to them to the fans that makes them seem like well what's the point you know it is from a kind of business perspective yeah, it, does, it does kind of make sense but from the emotional standpoint of football you need to have fans want to know that the manager cares as much as them and if a manager's job's in the line then that at least you've got that but if you're thinking well does my manager like if my manager gets relegated he's still going to keep his job and I'm, I'm sure that Cannon's doing absolutely everything he can to, you know, to win games and whatever. But it's just from the kind of optic standpoint, it doesn't look good for fans that they're seeing the guy who, in their mind, is underperforming and he's got nothing to worry about. Yeah, I mean, it, it's you can see you can see why they don't as a as a business kind of business sense don't want to upset that apple cart when Cannon's there and that's he, he's effectively doing what they want him to do. However, also from a business sense and football senses also. Have them not a position where they can alienate too many fans. Oh yeah, exactly. Because then there'll literally be none. <laughs> Just Martin Cannon's dad. <laughs> right, so Marin 3, Aloe Athletic 2. This seemed like quite a game. Two cracking finishes, one from Kevin Colley and other, the winner from Kyle McAllister. So Marin down to 10 men, 2-0 down at home, and come back to win 3-2. Is this the start of St Mirren's revival? No. Uh, Aloe were kind of hamstrung before the game started in that... Uh, Ian Flanagan was at a wedding, so couldn't have played. I, I don't know if it was I don't know if it was somebody important in terms of wedding or if he was just invited as a guest. <laughs> I don't know what was happening. Uh, but he so he was at a wedding and perhaps even stranger, Jordan Kirkpatrick wasn't allowed to play. Now he's he's not on loan from St Martin, is he? I mean he has signed for Alloa. He has an Alloa. If you're player. not gonna know, we're not gonna know. I thought he was a loan signer. I read that he was he has he has an Alloa player, but there was a gentleman's agreement that he couldn't oh, okay. play. Similar to the Swanky when he went from 4.30 yeah, yeah. uh, I read it was similar to that, but, but it seems slightly odd. 
but all the other one, fairness, Kevin Colley, he was a replacement. He came in and, uh, as you say, he scored a fantastic goal. Uh, the red card given to Brad Lyons is bad, isn't it? Yep, uh, it's again, it's it's one of those where it's not a fall or, or, or a, it's not a dive or a fall. Yeah, yeah, just play on. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's, again, there's there's contact and it's uh, it's it's just not a blatant dive. And I I thought he threw himself. I thought he threw himself towards the Alaba player, but I still didn't necessarily think it was a yellow card. And Although the, I think that that was that was a key time, turning point in the game because obviously I will go up two 0 If Neil Parry doesn't um, parry the shot, uh, they don't come back. I think that was that was massive, and it's uh, I also enjoyed it. Had a chuckle because uh, Parry was being talked up big time on Thursday show. <laughs> He did I uh, had a bit of disaster uh, For that first goal But very unusual uh, I don't know if you've seen I think Craig Cairns mentioned it There's a They put together a video Of all his like, particularly good saves That he's made in the last uh, Month or two And some of them are excellent Right Come on up to Four for Athletic Nil Routine Yes pretty much Early uh, Credit to Four for They were in the game Until the kind of Closing stages Where Kelly scored their second And wrapped it up uh, The first goal as well I mean How can you legislate For Come on, centre half taking an excellent touch in the box and firing a shot at the back of the net. Rifled him. Did you did you think he did take an egg? James McFarren was like it was a great first touch. Did you think it was a great first touch? Because like you got lucky. Yeah, because it got away from him a bit and it sat up. It's like no chance, no chance he met in that. It was it was one of those. Oh, that's kind of not what I wanted to do, but it's worked out well for me and I'll just lash at it. Great finish. But I mean, if McFadden's seen this, it's a great. Touch. I mean, who am I to, who am I to judge with um, a Scotland legend? But I think he's wrong. <laughs> Not really much else to say about this, is it? No, this is. It's... I think Forfar were in it until until late on. Uh, and I mean, the, the thing about Forfar is Dave Forfar <coughs> uh, and Jimmy has kind of went under the radar a bit this season. I mean, they are. I mean, we, we spoke about what a good season these five are having. Forfar is just a few points behind them. Uh, they've got some talented players uh, at, at Station Park and. Again, I don't know if anybody particularly expected them to, to make a start for the playoffs, but, but they're looking like it, and you know, I think they gave Kilmarnock a game. I, in terms of, like, these are the type of games where I find these Scottish Cup um, review shows hard to do, especially like, in the fourth round, because there's so many, uh, so many games, and the, the highlights are brief. Okay, well, here's one you've seen then. Hearts 1, Livingston 0. Can't move on. <laughs> Two questions. Yep. Has Sean Clare turned the corner? <laughs> um, I mean, I think he's peeking around the corner. I don't think he's turned around the corner. You, you can see the corner. Yeah. Okay. I mean, um, there's every chance he'll peek around the corner and decide, nah, I'm not walking in there. I'll go back to go back to point eight. <laughs> and uh, what's your thought, thoughts on uh, David Vanacek? Get it to his feet, on in his body. I think he's been going to be very useful. He didn't win a lot in the air. He does a jump, which is going to frustrate Hearts fans because they they like their strikers to be able to jump yes. uh, or at least challenge for headers. However, he's you can t- you can see he's strong. He is definitely not quick. There was a moment in the second half where uh, he managed to get onto kind of I think uh, Lovey made a mistake in midfield and he managed to kind of get onto the ball and the, it opened up for him. He just just didn't have that acceleration to take him away. However, his link up play when he gets it uh, down, it's, it was very tidy. He's not a. You get some strikers where it's a bit. The first touch is a bit erratic. You never know what, exactly what you're going to get with it. I, with, uh, with the first touch, I don't think that's the case with Vancheck. I think he brings in, um, brings it in really effectively, <coughs> lays it off, and he's also really good at with his back to goal, kind of turning and flicking, um, or just like knocking it over uh, quite accurately. So, yeah, positive, positive. Anything to say on Livy? They had some chances in the first half. I mean, they were the they were the, the first half wasn't good as as we tweeted out yesterday. We mentioned earlier on. However, I thought Livy were the better side. Uh, they looked uh, looked far more dangerous. I think Hearts were very until like the last five minutes of half. Hearts yeah, were good yeah. Hearts were good into the first half and a good start to the second. And that was the better. But largely, Livy were uh, Livy were the the better side in the first half. It was a game I can't expect it. Didn't expect it. It was going to be a toil, especially after the after the break. The um, not sure on Wild as a wing back. 
Not sure Wild in the Scottish Premiership. That's, that's, that's also true. Yeah, he's rubbish. Um, not as bad as his hair, but he's rubbish. And yes, that's me digging at someone out for their hair. <laughs> and I'll continue to do it. Oh, but we should, do, we should say Clare's, uh, Clare's goal was excellent. It was a yeah. cracking finish. Um, I thought um, Duncan was a bit bitter in the group chat when he was saying about Leo McLeod getting all excited about it. Because um, I just thought he, was, he did a professional job and it was a, it was a very good finish. Right, Hibs 4, Elwyn City 0 Obviously Hibs at home to a team uh, who are struggling in League 2 Not even a good League 2 team So this is hardly a surprising result And we can't really talk about it too much because of that But I think there was signs there of what Hibs are, are going to want to do And the benefits that they can have for their team going forward Namely Ryan Gold coming in uh, I mean, it's a big, That was a big takeaway, that first goal Gold pl- yes. uh, slipping in That's a really good ball I mean, yes, Elwyn City However... You can still judge him by his other teammates And I think Gold stood out in that respect And if he can be a good number 10 It means that Horgan can play on the wing When he has looked better I think Horgan struggles at Hibs And Hibs fans are really not a big fan of him Is that he's been played through the centre a whole lot Where he's not produced it that much I think he's when he's played on the wing I think he's looked yeah, what I've seen, which isn't much, but but three, I think I've seen about three or four Hibs games where he's played in the wing. I always thought he looked good out there. So, but he was, he was signed as a winger, wasn't he? Well, he certainly came as yeah. Well, but I think they've, they've from moved press, him about. from Preston, he was a winger. Uh, he's he's been very hot and cold. I think there's there's definitely a very talented player there. However, again, Lennon's not done a great job so far this season of. Uh, trying to change people's position and it working effectively. From off the top of my head, you, you think of Mal- Ma- uh, Malin as well. Okay, we've got three games to go. Let's power through these. Montrose nil, Dundee United four. Oh, it's there. Mon- rubbish. Mon- <laughs> Montrose, look, Montrose looked very disappointing. Yeah, they didn't. Um, they didn't really create anything. What you? What are you doing, Joe? Nothing. <laughs> Poking around. <laughs> Poking at the phone. Did you watch you get along with what the time was? Yeah, pretty good. Good, just asked. <laughs> Um, yeah, United scored with like their, their second attack pretty much. First real chance. Montrose had a couple of corners. Didn't really didn't really threaten apart from that. Dundee United got a second before half time. Callum Booth shooting in for twenty five yards with his wrong foot, which was I think he was surprised about more than anybody. The fact that he ended up on the other side of the pitch uh, suggests so when he was celebrating. Yeah. Uh, then second half Montrose had a wee five minute spell after Paul Watson came on which meant there was two Paul Watsons in the park mm-hmm. uh, and he kind of gave them a wee lift but again they didn't create a clear cut chance the best chance they had in that period was when Ross Campbell who also came on at the same time as Watson fought for a ball just inside the box uh, he fell over trying to win it back uh, just broke out to Watson on the edge of the area and Watson hit a low drive that smacked off a Campbell while he was lying on the ground. That was, that was probably Montrose's best chance. How did uh, Harks look? A new Dungeon United second? He only came on for the last few minutes. Yeah. He scored. Um, but yeah, the game was pretty much done by that point. And Nielsen says he's going to give them a bit of energy in the middle. So he certainly, I mean, he got forward well enough to make that late run into the box and get on the end of uh, Paul McGowan's cutback. What about Gomes? Oh, he was good. Very good. Uh, certainly. I mean, it's against League One opposition, so we're going to have to wait. And st- we saw his struggles in the Premiership with his. He's only too much time on the ball. Yeah, he's advancing age. So, Championship players won't give him as much time, and that might be a problem. But, certainly good enough for League One level. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, again, judging him by his, his teammates. It's good for Ray Rollins next season when they sign up. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll be a fine signing for Ray next season. Right, Partick Thistle 4, Strunrar 1. Thistle. I mean, this is a bottom of the championship, so they could be playing Stranraer next year. So this isn't the result to be sniffed at. <laughs> uh, for this one, it seemed like going forward, this were very impressive. Bra- uh, Bannigan and Joe Cardell, especially, played played very well. Uh, Kirkpatrick played well and scored. They they had a wee bit of a Fitzpatrick. Did I just say Patrick? Kirk, Kirkpatrick. Kirkpatrick. Oh yeah, sorry, Fitzpatrick. Uh, he he played well and scored, and they had. Strunner pulled the goal back Made it 2-1 There was a wee bit Nervousness Just because of the How poor Thistle Had been recently But Gary Harkins came on uh, Settled the midfield Down a bit And Thistle scored twice Not long after that The defence still looked shaky Anytime a ball Kind of goes near The penalty area And I think I saw one fan Describe McGinty What's his first name again? Uh, Sean Sean McGinty 
That is a... Let's put it this way It wasn't very complimentary uh, He was not good at all Did he, did he call him <coughs> worse than Danny Devine? No but somebody did say uh, Watching sports scenes <laughs> So watching sports scenes right now At least we got <laughs> At least we got a shot of Devine Jeez <laughs> <laughs> Right on to the final game Inverness This is probably the least Surprising result of the weekend Inverness 4 weeks go break now I was done within half an hour right. Do you know within half an hour? They really To be fair that was I mean, like we said earlier, a lot of this was caused by the bigger teams in the, t- in the top flight being a bit rusty. But you still saw a number of, of sides who, maybe because they're playing the team they're fancy to beat, don't really turn it on right away. This was the exception to that. Inverness just flew out, three and up, could easily have been six at half-time. But you look at, uh, just touching on the, the, the rusty aspect of it, the, all the championships, well, the majority of the tra- championship sides did well. Um, especially when they were... Uh, Coming up against weaker opposition because again they've been playing uh, playing games yeah. and it just seems like it was just uh, kind of routine for them. Is that us? I think so. Cool. Did I say Aaron Doran played well? Well, you have now. He played very well. It's, 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 it's an interesting one. He was he was so good uh, for eighteen months spell. Mm-hmm. Uh, top flight. Top flight. It was, it was so good. and then just riddled by injuries and. It, he doesn't have Injuries, to, it, ah, he doesn't look like he's naturally fit. Kind doesn't of have the body shape to suggest that it's um, that he can get peak fitness very quickly, and he needs running games, running games where he might struggle, where he might have to be taken off uh, after an hour. But eventually, um, you hope that he, he gets back to that um, that level. Okay, that's us for now. We're going to now record the Patreon, so I hope you join us there. It is patreon.com forward slash terrace podcast and if you'd like to find us through other avenues you can on twitter at terrace podcast and facebook facebook.com forward slash terrace podcast and the email is show at no wait terrace podcast at gmail.com yes do you want to say just anything about the live show sold it's out. sold out yeah thank you very much yep brilliant thank you look forward to seeing everybody who bought tickets we'll, um, we'll obviously keep um, if tickets do become <coughs> available whether people return them yeah or um yeah, just if, if any kind of spears do come, we'll, we'll put it on the, uh, the Twitter. Goodbye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.